Welcome back to episode 44. 44. Here we go. A new week. <laughs> that sounded so exciting. Here we go. That's where my head's at. But seriously, I think we can do it. We can do it. Okay. I guess we can do it. All right. Well, we are bringing you the history of New England's Disneyland, some would say, also known as Rocky Point Amusement Rocky Park. Point. I feel like calling it New England's Disneyland is a bit of a stretch. No, it really was back then. This is all they had. They didn't have Disney. I guess so. This was it. This was the hop in place. I guess it's like proportional, the size of California and the size of Rhode Island, and then like the size of Disneyland and the size of Rocky Point. It kind of makes sense. Disneyland is in California, right? And then Disney World is in Florida, or is it flopped? I can never remember. That's something that I do not care to remember, and every time it comes <laughs> up, I just say, you know what? I don't know, and I'm not going to learn it. I don't care. Every time it comes up, I feel like I look it up, and then it just poof is gone out of my head. Yeah. It's all the same. It's, yeah. They're pretty much the same. Diehards would probably tell you they're very different, but we're going to bring you Rocky Point Amusement <laughs> Park, which some would say is New England's Disneyland. Sure. And here, in this place, takes place a fatal accident, a murder, a family of monkeys who escaped into the streets of Warwick, and this week, well, we already told you, we're bringing you Rocky Point Amusement <laughs> Park. So this was known as Rhode Island's playground for over 150 years, and this park saw the rise of railroads, trolleys, modern transportation, the poor, the rich, and many disasters in between. It all started in the 1840s when the first visitors came to the shore of a small piece of land, what is now known as Warwick, Rhode Island. Rocky Point, like most of Warwick Neck, was part of farmlands that made up much of the town in the 18th and 19th century. Captain William Winslow let passengers off his steamboat, the Argo, for a Sunday day trip to enjoy the beach. He liked the trip so much, he frequently brought the Sunday School of Providence's first congregational church for repeated outings. It must have really stuck out to him because in 1847, the captain purchased the 89-acre share of land for just $2,400 from Mrs. Phoebe Stafford Linnerns, Lyons, <laughs> and Mrs. Mary Stafford Holden. He called it Winslow's Rocky Point and started making regular stops out there. Warwick historian Horace Belcher, who wrote extensively on Rocky Point, said, quote, Mother Winslow took charge of the clam house and resort while her husband was bringing in excursionists on the Argo, end quote. In 1850s, it became a popular shore resort as Winslow built attractions and restaurants for shore dinners on the bay. He added the first carousel, swings, bowling alleys, and wooden Spanish fandango, which was the forerunner of the Ferris wheel, first seen in Rhode Island. Passengers paid just 25 cents for a boat trip from Providence, and once they landed, they were allowed free admittance to the park. It's pretty wild. Captain Winslow owned and operated Rocky Point from 1847 until 1865. And in 1865, Captain William Winslow sold Rocky Point to Byron Sprague, who then spent a lot of money trying to make the park a playground for the very rich. He opened the Forest Casino and featured boxing exhibitions and traveling entertainment. He failed. And four years later, the park was sold to the American Steamboat Company, which later became the Continental Steamboat Company. 
By the time the Warwick Railroad was running its line to Rocky Point, thousands took the ride on the railroad to hear many politicians and celebrities. Rocky Point in the 1870s provided work for Warwick's fishermen, co-hoggers, and the Shore Diner Hall began to attract many customers. In fact, Rocky Point was famous for its clam bakes, and the park even served these clams to newly elected President Rutherford B. Hayes when he came to visit in the summer of 1877, right after the disputed election of 1876. Huh, another disputed election. This was also when President Hayes made history's first ever president, presidential telephone call on June 29, 1877, in front of a large crowd to celebrate technological progress in America. And guess who was on the other line? Dr. Alexander Graham Bell. And he was in Providence. Ring, so, ring. <laughs> ring, ring. It's Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fred Gower was the managing agent of Professor Bell and moderated the presidential telephone call. The Providence Journal reported that Bell, on one end of the line, said, quote, Mr. President, I am duly sensible of the great honor conferred upon me in thus for the first time presenting the speaking telephone the attention to the attention of the President of the United States, end quote. As Hayes listened carefully through the little instrument, he responded, quote, that is wonderful. Please speak a little more slowly. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the first time a president ever spoke on a telephone. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, the presidential phone call was spoken through 13 miles of wire from the city hotel in Providence all the way up to Rocky Point. 13 miles is about two and a half times as tall as Mount Everest. So, um, yeah. It's 13 miles. <laughs> also, Babe Ruth was known to hit one out of the park here a time or two during his run with the Providence Grays because they had a pretty big baseball field there. So it was also very popular for baseball games. But then in 1883, Rocky Point hit hard times. Entrepreneur Byron Sprague had purchased the property from the Winslows for $60,000 in 1860 and added another 300,000 to build a three-story hotel, which could house 300 guests. Unfortunately, a fire started on March 16th before the season opened, and there were only a few employees at the hotel. But unfortunately, Warwick had no fire departments that could handle a fire at such a large scale at the time. There was a fire engine called the Little Giant on the premises, that's cute, but it was too small to put out a fire of that size so they called for help from providence but by the time the help reached the park the amusement center the rocky point hotel the clam dinner hall the boathouse were all demolished along with an observation tower that was 10 stories high and 250 feet above the sea level along with a large three-story mansion so those were all demolished in the fire basically and the fire had ended Rocky Point's fame as a resort for summer guests and day trip enthusiasts, and that hotel was never rebuilt. Harrington leased the park in 1888, and by 1900, his flair for the business had already made him the most popular resort proprietor in New England. He advertised extensively and drew customers from as far away as Maine and Canada. During the height of the season, trolley cars ran from Providence every five minutes and boats came into the wharf on an hourly basis. 
While the cheerful park was a destination for the happy-go-lucky park goers, there was a murder that took place in August of 1893. Maggie Sheffield, a five-year-old girl, visited the theme park with her father, Frank Sheffield. Frank was a former school principal from Pawtucket, Connecticut, who had suffered a head injury in a freak accident while ringing his school's bell. I found this to be really insane, so I googled 1890 school bells, and I guess it could have either been one of those heavy ones you wave in the air like a priest does during a Catholic mass, if anyone out there has ever been to one. Also, I would like to note that Pawtucket, I just looked it up because I could not believe that there was a Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and a Pawtucket, Connecticut, and it's not Pawtucket, Connecticut, it's Pawtucket, Connecticut. Pawtucket? <laughs> what was that? It's spelt like paw cat tuck. Oh. Never heard of it, but. No, no, I've never been. Maybe I've driven through it, but. That's definitely what it is. Pacatic. Today. So, okay, well, that is good to know. That's very good to know. Well, back to the bell. It could have either been that one that you wave in the air, or it could have been a school bell that was literally anchored into the ground, and it's actually pretty big. Uh, both were common during that time, so it doesn't specify which bell he had, but he did have a freak accident <laughs> with the bell, which is very Got unfortunate. It. Anyway, around that time of his daughter's birth, Maggie's mother also passed away from complications of the birth just a week after she was born. Frank was a little unstable due to the freak head injury, and he confessed to his doctor on several occasions that he was going to kill his daughter. The doctors at the time dismissed it and thought drugs are the answer. So they put him on cocaine and opium, which were legal drugs during the late 1800s. But ironically, unfortunately, the drugs are known now to cause paranoia and homicidal thoughts. So on this sunny summer day, Frank and May... Maggie spent the day enjoying the amusement park and stopped to have something to eat at the famous Shore Diner Hall, Shore Dinner Hall. They most likely ordered the famous clam cakes, and afterwards, Frank and Maggie walked towards a hill near the shore. At the edge of the bay, Frank Sheffield picked up a rock and smashed it into Maggie Sheffield's head, killing her. Frank admitted to killing his daughter immediately, and his trial was quick. The trial actually brought the same doctor Frank had confided, confided in earlier and many asked why he hadn't reported that Frank wanted to kill his daughter. There weren't really any straightforward answers during the trial about that, but Frank was acquitted and found not guilty of his daughter's murder by reason of insanity. Frank died years later at a state hospital. It would be nearly 30 years after Maggie Sheffield's murder that cocaine was then as a prescribed drug. While the murder was reported in the newspapers at the time, it was quickly forgotten or swept under the rug as Rocky Point Amusement Park gained popularity. Kelly Sullivan, a reporter for the Cherahoe Times, always had a fascination with underreported crime stories or unsolved mysteries and wrote a book in 2014 called, quote, Murder at Rocky Point Park, Tragedy in Rhode Island's Summer Paradise, end quote. In an interview from Providence News, Sullivan said, quote, My intent is not to take away from the fond memories of Rocky Point. I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion about Rocky Point, but this little five-year-old girl could have been anyone's little five-year-old girl. I want people to remember Maggie, end quote. 
Her book, if you're interested, is available in bookstores, online, and it's free on Amazon Kindle. Interesting. I would, I think we should point out too, when we were there and we were walking around, um, we ran into a couple of rowdy teens. No, they weren't rowdy. They were fine. But <laughs> they were just smoking. <laughs> they were. Um, we were in some kind of ruined part of the, um, like the tower, we think it was. And we were asking them about it and if they knew about the place. And they said, they were like, we heard that someone was, a little five-year-old girl was murdered here. We were like, yeah, we heard that too. So apparently it's a story that's lasted the test of time. Like people have heard about that. Yeah, but interesting though that there was no memorial at all about her. It's sad, but it does. It kind of makes sense that they guess, wouldn't yeah. want that kind of attention. I mean, I guess it's not a park anymore, so it doesn't. But at the time, I don't think an amusement park would hold a vigil for someone that died at their amusement park. Yeah, you know. But um, crazy story. In 1906, Rocky Point suffered another series of devastating fires. Apparently, they hadn't learned their lesson from the last fire because there was still no good way to put out the fire. Buckets of water were the only means available, and there was a shortage of men on hand, so women from the area rushed to volunteer their services. Harrington accepted the loss and, quote, genially added that he will charge his patrons nothing extra for a view of the ruins, end quote. Very How nice. nice of him. So kind. In 1911, Colonel Randall A. Harrington purchased Rocky Point Amusement Park from the Providence, Fall River, and Newport Steamship Company. Now, many wondered what would be the future of the park. Colonel Harrington still believed in Rocky Point and announced that he would keep the site as a summer resort and would add amusements so it would rival Coney Island. He set about to rebuild the park to its former glory. In 1914, Rocky Point had yet another fire, and the Conomicket Volunteer Company responded and were able to save a number of buildings. Harrington dubbed Rocky Point, Rocky Point, quote, New England's most beautiful amusement park in an advertisement. The park then reopened two years later in 1920, and the Roaring 20s brought Rocky Point to the brink of its glory. The train that came from Providence brought more visitors and with the people came more money. With more guests, Harrington had to create something new. He built the loof Ferris wheel, a circle swing and a version that swung in the ocean and a flume type coaster. Today in the park, the structure of the circle swing remains and there's a placard that reads, on September 11th, 1906, Harry G. Traver submitted a patent application for a roundabout that operated as a centrifugal swing with suspended seats. This patent detailed the historic Rocky Point Road ride known to generations of park enthusiasts as the circle swing. Makes sense. Prior to the swing's retirement in the mid-1960s, it was retrofitted and repurposed into other notable rides such as the Seaplane Deluxe and the Rocket. Fun fact, the park also had a similar swing that was suspended over the water in the vicinity of the pool. In 1926, the Wildcat roller coaster opened up. Designed by Herbert Schmeck and manufactured by Philadelphia Toboggan Coasters, the wooden Wildcat made the Rocky Point the place to be. Fun fact, the first roller coaster Mr. Schmeck designed was built in 1923 at Hershey Park, the famous one in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It was named the Joyride, but later renamed the Wildcat. 
With the enormous success of the Wildcat, the Schmeck and Philadelphia toboggan coasters were recommissioned to design something better. Schmeck paired with Norman Bartlett. I love saying Schmeck, by the way. It's just the best. (laughs) Together, Schmeck and Bartlett designed a bobsled-type roller coaster called the Flying Turns, which opened in 1931. It featured a bobsled run with banked turns and no track for the cars to sit. Rocky Point also added a saltwater pool that hosted swimming trials for the 1936 Berlin Olympics and a miniature railroad to the park. And if that wasn't a cool fact, well, here's another. Herbert Schmeck was inducted into the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions Hall of Fame for all of his contributions to the amusement park industry. Now that is impressive. Hall of Fame I want to go to. That sounds fun. International. That's pretty cool. The IAAPA. Fun. Fun. On September 21st, 1938, Hurricane Bob, the big hurricane of 38, hit Rocky Point and New England. The Providence Journal book, The Great Hurricane, reported, quote, Rocky Point, that mecca of politicians and shore dinner consumers, fell like a house of cards before the southeast fury. The roller coaster was shattered. The great dining hall was a soggy mass of lumber. A thousand bathing suits hung from the backwoods trees. The oldest and most famous shore resort of the state was no more, end quote. It was during the hurricane that a large tree fell over the moat near the monkey house, allowing monkeys to escape. Six monkeys, who had escaped from Rocky Point in 1938, were now living in the woods on Warwick Neck. They not only survived the hurricane, but managed to live through the winter and were spotted on the neck in Spring Green Farm for at least another year. Hurricane Bob killed over 600 people, with another 100 uncounted for destroyed or damaged 8,000 homes, 6,000 boats, and both of Philadelphia toboggan coasters Rocky Point rides. In all, the storm caused an estimated $300 million in damages and set the all-time record for wind speed with a gust of 186 miles per hour, recorded at the Blue Hills Observatory in Massachusetts. The hurricane closed Rocky Point for nine years. The Philadelphia Toboggan Company, PTC, repaired its flying turns coaster and operated there as a concession. The park was returned to the family Colonel Randall A. Harrington, who had plans to rebuild Rocky Point Park. In 1939, Thomas F. Wilson and a few others formed an organization that began building a great dining hall large enough to seat 3,500 people, and they restored the mechanical equipment of the huge covered swimming pool. The project ran into difficulties, and there was talk the park would be divided into house lots. Now this failed, and representatives of the petroleum industry sought to use Rocky Point to locate its oil tanks. The Harringtons rejected this as they feared it would be detrimental to the beauty of Warwick Neck, and instead attempted to operate the park on a reduced scale in 1940 to 1941. Due to restrictions and rationing because of World War II, the Harringtons were forced to stop their activities in 1942, and the downsized park was not reopened to any great extent until 1945. The park was then sold to the Studley Land Company. In 1947, ownership passed to Rocky Point, Inc. under the leadership of Frederick Hilton, Joseph Trillo, and Vincent Furla. They added new and exciting rides such as the Flume, Skywheel, Tilt-A-Whirl, Musick Express, Skydiver, Skyliner, Apollo 11, the Spider, (laughs) Roto-Jets, the Scrambler, the Enterprise, bumper cars, 
Rock and Roll, The Yo-Yo, and The Tempest. Honestly, mm -hmm. I didn't think the park was that big, but I guess it was. On the first Sunday in June 1948, Rocky Point reopened. The reopening caused a major traffic jam as over 35,000 people swarmed the park. At 4 p.m., bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic extended along Warwick Avenue to Cranston, and the effects were, fe were felt as far north as Allen's and New York Avenues in Providence. In 1949, Vincent Furla, a Providence businessman, acquired the park and was joined by his brother, Conrad, who remained with Rocky Point through a number of changes in ownership and was known as Mr. Rocky Point. Conrad was a general manager, and the Furla family was, were the last owners of the park. In 1954, Rocky Point Park was hit by Hurricane Carol, which caused less damage than Hurricane Bob, but still managed to destroy Shore Dinner Hall. To replace the roller coasters lost during the hurricane, Rocky Point brought in the Cyclone from Riverside Park, Mass., in 1983, which you know it as Six Flags New England. The cyclone took riders down three vertical drops, reaching speeds of over 55 miles per hour before rushing through two corkscrews, sending them off balance and disorienting, disoriented for the remainder of the ride. The following year, the corkscrew was completed. Designed by Arrow, the corkscrew features a 64-foot drop into three inversions, both exciting and scaring those brave enough to ride it. In 1988, however, Rocky Point added its most exhilarating thrill ride, the free fall. It was fresh off an accident from its former park, Six Flags Great America. Three teenagers were injured, but they thought, hey, it'd be a great ride at Rocky Point. Why not? The free fall took four passengers up a 12 and a half story vertical section of track. The riders were then dropped, falling straight down as they experienced nearly two seconds of weightlessness before ending up on their backs. That one was kind of cool when, in the documentary when it showed that, the free fall one. And that one actually looked kind of cool. You Because it wasn't that. just going down and stopping. It was like going down and then continuing to go on your back, which I feel like would be a weird sensation. You would really do that? No, I wouldn't. Oh. I definitely wouldn't. I just I thought it looked cool. Zero <laughs> percent I would do it. But <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat. Ugh, I love roller coasters. Mm. As my mom calls them, roly coasters. Does she? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's you want to go on the roller coaster? Drops. Yeah, it's always roller coaster, not roller coaster. <laughs> Maybe it's a southern thing. I don't know. <laughs> Probably is. Oh, is it my turn? Yep. <laughs> oh, I was like waiting. <laughs> By the late 20th century, Rocky Point Park second oldest operating park in the U.S., Lane Compounds being the first, but it became impossible to compete with newer parks like Six Flags in Connecticut or parks that constantly upgraded their rides. The country and region were becoming more affluent and personal transportation increased, so bigger parks like Disney theme parks were also Rocky Point's competition. The old amusement park was no match for the high costs and other financial aspects that came with running a park. The owners overleveraged the park and the land to fund other ventures. On November 7, 1994, the state of Rhode Island suspended Rocky Point's permit to sell concessions due to not paying their back taxes. Although the permit was reinstated a few days later, it was under the condition that Rocky Point would pay its taxes by December 1st. On December 2nd, after failing to pay taxes, Rocky Point filed for bankruptcy. 
The bankruptcy statement indicated Rocky Point had been making large loans to companies owned by Rocky Point shareholders, though those companies were not necessarily related to the park. The park closed in 1995. As a farewell, Rocky Point opened briefly and held an auction date on April 16th and 17th in 1996. All of the rides, stalls, tables, chairs, and any of the other park's possessions could be bought. After the auction, with most of the rides disassembled and shipped to other parks around the country and around the world, the park sat barren, like a ghost town, while creditors in state of Rhode Island would decide on its future. In June 2000, a fire broke out in the Dodgem House, causing some damage to the structures around it. The mayor of Warwick, Scott Avedition, called for the demolition of the remaining structures, including the House of Horrors. Today, nothing remains from the House of Horrors except a very structurally unsound staircase. Only the bravest Rhode Islanders would venture into the dark House of Horrors that featured the giant bat, the torture chamber, the sawmill stunt, and the ride's most mysterious attraction, the Viking statue. The ride was originally called the Castle of Terror and experienced unparalleled popularity in very long lines. It was known as New England's premier dark ride. Fun fact, in October 1998, three years after Rocky Point closed, the House of Horrors was revived as Rocky Point was turned into a Halloween haunt called Halloween Land, making it the last ride to ever operate in the park. It actually sounded like an awesome ride, and Bill R. comments from opacity.us quote the exterior was a piece of art sculpture made of made of concrete the house looked like a spooky old castle growing out of a cliff originally there was a giant viking and dragon to the exterior facade when you stand back and look at this ride the castle tower on the left looks like a giant skull this was creepy to me when i was a little kid they used black lights and fluorescent painted dioramas inside this really was an awesome dark ride one of my favorite parts is the unexpected crash each time your car crashes through wooden double doors between scenes. The ride had great tricks or stunts inside. Way back in the day, there was this big foam rubber hand that would hit you in the face. Unfortunately, our Sue Happy culture caused that great stunt to be removed from the ride. Yikes. Other creepy. <laughs> I feel like I might not like that part. <laughs> What is scary about that? A slap to the face. <laughs> I wear glasses sometimes, so I feel like I really <laughs> like that. Anyway, he goes on to say, unfortunately, oh, nope, I said that. A headless family in the living room setting, a huge six-foot spider overhead staring down at you, a sawmill grinding a body, a cemetery with pop-up anatronomics. Animatronics. Pop-up anatronomics. <laughs> Animatronics. <laughs> Animatronics. Oh. A king cobra, a king cobra snake, a hangman in the gallows, a bat's wall cave, a wall of fire with cool flames painted on a wall where it looks like your car drives through it. This was an awesome old ride. End quote. I feel like every time we hear someone talk about that ride, it, it was like. It was awesome. It was like yeah, in the favorite. documentary, that was hype. That was the that was, coolest ride around. It sounded lit. But at the same yeah. time, if they could experience haunted houses now, not that that was a haunted house, I get it's different, but I don't know. I'm sure anyone would argue to the death that it was better, but. Mm. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. That I probably could have done because I'm, I'm scared of cat, but it, I feel like that would have been okay. I don't know. I think I, I can do that too. I don't know about the smack in the face though. That really was. 
That does not smack it right back. (laughs) When he says there was a big foam rubber hand that would hit you in the face. Like, that sounds like the designer that I was like, I know this isn't scary, but like, this will be funny. Like, just put it in. I wish there were cameras back then. Well, maybe there were, but there probably weren't inside this ride. But I wish it just showed yeah. people getting absolutely annihilated in the face. Yeah. I would love to see that. Damn. Well, Damn. well the, back in the good old days. certainly liked it. That was one of his, it sounds like that was one of his favorite parts, so. Yeah. Thank you, Bill Yeah, thanks for that. On July 29, 2003, the United States Small Business Association bought that parcel of land, which was Rocky Point, for $8.5 million. The residents of Warwick worried that the land would become housing developments, but the market's decline in 2008 halted any plans to build over the foundations of popular Rocky Point rides. And so... For 13 years now, the land became a wasteland, and it was vandalized constantly. And then another mysterious fire broke out in October 2006, as the abandoned area proved to be a great place for vandals to gather. On May 7, 2007, demolition of the remaining midway officially began with a press conference at the park. Prior to this, a lot of the buildings had already been demolished or destroyed. In that same year, the film You Must Be This Tall, the story of Rocky Point Park, was released by Rhode Island filmmaker David Betancourt. He told stories of the park through interviews with former park employees, fans, and Buddy Cianci, former Providence mayor. The small-scale documentary shows Fawn, Rhode Island, how Fawn, Rhode Island was of Rocky Point, and you can watch it too. It's on YouTube. That's how we watched it. So go check it out if you're interested. You must be this tall, the story of Rocky Point. What's cool is it shows the the structures before they demolished it. And it really looked creepy. I wish, oh, I wish it was still around. Everything around here is demolished now because they're building over it or doing something with the land. But it really, really did look cool. Yeah, I think, because we went there, but you can't get the full effect until you actually see all the rides up. Um, So that that was cool to see. But I mean... (laughs) Of course it's all demolished. I mean, I, they made that stuff with, like, the cheapest <laughs> yeah. materials. Like, it was just wood, some of this stuff. Of course it blew away in these hurricanes. Yeah, it was cool to see it all all in there. I was also very surprised to see how much they jam-packed in there. It was... Yeah, the pictures show it. Like, rides were on top of rides. And yeah, it was the crazy. The pool part. was massive. It was. Very I don't know where they fit it all. But a lot of these rides, it seemed like they rotated after each fire, or each hurricane. So we listed a lot of rides, but in reality, a lot of them were destroyed or rebuilt, moved, brought back in, brought out. So, yeah, I think they also like retired rides. Like after a few years, they would just get move somewhere to another park and then they would try a new ride. And, you yeah. so keep it fresh and fun for all the visitors. Exactly. In 2013, the DEM acquired 83 acres of land and combined it with 41 acres already owned by the city of Warwick to create Rocky Point State Park. Save the Bay and the Nature Conservancy were also involved in improving the park. In 2014, Rocky Point State Park was opened as part of the State of Rhode Island Division of Parks and Recreation. 
In 2016, a documentary film, Tales of Rocky Point Park, was released, which explored the tragic history of Rocky Point and suggests that Rhode Island's beloved park had a dark side. It was based off of Jason Mayo's published graphic novel from 2008, Tales of Rocky Point Park. Narration is courtesy of Andrew Lake, son of Rhode Island broadcasting icon Art Lake. While abandoned amusement parks are always creepy, the closed-down amusement park at the time had nothing more than an arc or arch and some metal towers. Filmmaker Jason Mayo shows the park rotting away as it became a place for vandals and arsonists to hang out. The film interviews former park employees and fans. Quote, it was a gypsy curse or a Native American curse, or maybe it had something to do with the mysterious caves at the property. End quote. Which, I don't know. I didn't see any caves. So the caves oh, were where well, the kids were climbing. Yeah, you're that right. That was kind of cave-ish. You're right. And there, you know what? There was some... There the were people were going on. So we, Yeah, there was a lot of noise. So we stayed away from it because people scare us. But I watched <laughs> a YouTube video of the caves. And it's tight. And some of the people actually go deep down. And basically inside the caves... There's just a lot of broken glass like there was up top and fires and stuff. So even though the park closes at night, people definitely go and hang out and do their own thing there. Do whatever kids do in caves. Yeah. I don't think we missed much by not going up there to <laughs> see other people. It looked I like think you're right. a fire. I think we, we had the full enough experience just by um, peeing in the bushes. <laughs> Yeah, which I think was the pool. I think it's the covered pool. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, that was definitely the cool pool. I mean, it's filled in. Like, it was just nothing now, but it's definitely where the pool was. Yeah, oh. I guess that's a good thing to mention. There were no porta potties for this park, and the park was massive. <laughs> they didn't build there, any toilets there. There were some in, like, the parking lot, right? Like, the big lot to the side. Oh, really? Oh, 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 maybe. I think there were, but um, we didn't know that. <laughs> so it was an emergency when we first got it there. It was nature was calling loud. It wasn't at Alexander Graham Bell on the other side. It was my <laughs> So hello, I can't hear you. Can you talk more slowly? <laughs> that really got me. Okay, boomer. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just people are like listening avidly. Yeah, every, the whole town is like gathered around your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, to be alive. What a time to be alive. The attraction of the 120 acres of public land within 10 miles of downtown Providence has been a consistent draw since 1850. Rhode Island has since spent over $1 million in restoration efforts, making it a scenic recreational park that it is today. A few of the elements of the park, the amusement park, remain, including one, the upper and lower stations for the Skyliner ride, which was a relaxing alternative to the park's other thrill rides. It looked kind of like a ski lift and it provided a bird's eye view of the amusement park and it reached a secluded wooded area atop steep cliffs, which were the caves, and then it would turn around offering the gorgeous view of Narragansett Bay. Fun fact, urban legend says that kids would jump off the top and explore the nearby haunted, unhaunted, who knows caves, which was an attraction from the early days of the park. The second element that still remains was the circle swing we mentioned. The third ruins of what 
may be an old water tank. That's where we found the teenagers smoking. There's nothing anywhere that we could find that actually says what the old ruins were. So best guess would be an old water tank or storage area. Yeah, it was just like a cylinder, cylindrical structure. So, Yeah, and then like the structure had a box attached to the cylindrical room and the bottom of it was wavy. It wasn't a flat surface, so... That led so if home. anyone can figure it out what it is based on that description, let us know. <laughs> and then the fourth element that still remains today is a large 60-foot arc by the entrance of the park. It's one of the 11 Archways to Understanding, sponsored by General Foods during the 1964 to 1965 New York World's Fair. The original arc had an electronic message panel that would display fair-related information like weather reports, sports results, and special events. Vincent Furla Sr. brought the arch to the park in three pieces from Chicago. After its arrival in Rocky Point, the arch no longer had messages but became kind of the meet-me-at-the-archway rendezvous spot for families and friends to regroup at the end of their very fun-filled day. What's nice about the park is there are odes to the past everywhere, and they have informational stops along the way, which is also really nice because if you're interested, you're like, what is that doing there? Or why is this here? You can read about it, and it has all the dates and fun facts underneath it. The park itself was pretty open, and the day we went, there were a lot of people there, but social distancing, they were all spread out, and they were exercising, and they were enjoying the really nice days we've had in New England, if you're in this area. It's been like 60, 75 yeah, it was literally like 75. So nice. It, we're spoiled. It's bad. <laughs> it's climate change. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, we just had snow, what, two episodes ago? And now it's 70 degrees. Two episodes ago? Well, that's how oh, I judge time. Yeah. Weeks of time and you're calling them episodes. <laughs> I was like, what? No, you I think your life is a show? Yeah, my life is a show. <laughs> right. Right. Supposedly, there's some long-term goals that involve plans for a ferry service from Providence to the park, and that would bring Rocky Point's story full circle since it once started as a steamboat destination by Captain William Winslow. Most recently, a fishing pier was built in July 2020 through a partnership between DEM, the City of Warwick, and the Nature Conservancy, and others. The $1.8 million fishing pier project was financed by Rhode Island Capital Plan and Green Economy Bond Funding, and it provides access to one of the state's prime fishing areas. And during that beautiful day, there were a lot of people fishing off of it. There were. I didn't ask them what they were catching. Yeah, I didn't see any, like, coolers, but maybe they were just on the sides. But they had a lot of fishing poles in the water. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rocky Point was traditionally accessed via Narragansett Bay, and in 1860, the American Steamship Company ran ships to the park's pier several times a day. The pier was a constant fixture, even though it was hit by a fire and two hurricanes, it was always rebuilt so guests could arrive by boat, dinghy, or yacht. The pier was a desirable way to get to Rocky Point, and Warwick Mayor Joseph Solomon said, quote, I have been involved with efforts to preserve Rocky Point for two decades, and it has truly been a labor of love, end quote. Ranking number three out of 27, things to do in Warwick from TripAdvisor.com. I'd say we highly recommend checking this park out. Mm-hmm. I don't know how there's 26 other things to do in Warwick, but... I don't either. <laughs> um... 
anyway, you can walk around this park. So go do yeah. that. It was nice. And I was telling you earlier, I asked some of my coworkers and every single coworker, well, one actually, it was her first job there. And then my other coworker oh. said when he was a newspaper boy, I think he said seven or eight, that if he got two extra customers in the week, they would have this big trip to Rocky Point Amusement Park. And he said that all of the newspaper boys would just buy their newspapers and then just say the customers canceled so that they could all get this trip to the amusement park. No. <laughs> yeah. And he said it was a big to do. Like that was the thing to do. And then my other coworker just remembered his whole family going. And he was like, it was probably one of the best times of my life. Every single coworker just like stopped and then like looked away in the distance. <laughs> they went to another world. Yeah. And it was kind of cool to see because they all had such great, strong, happy feelings about this place. Yeah, that's cute. I kind of wish we had something like that. <laughs> I feel like we don't. But yeah, I asked my parents because I, I was sure that they had gone too, and they said they had. I think they were a little bit older. Like they went when they were in like their young twenties. But mm -hmm. they said they remember going. My dad said he remembers swimming in the pool. It was like a saltwater pool. Yeah, yeah. And he, my mom said she definitely remembers eating clam cakes and chowder there a lot, but she said it sucked. Oh, <laughs> so, well, so it was the chowder, so it was the red clam chowder. Oh, that's, yeah, that's gross. I'm with so, her. Yeah, no. I, I'm not about that one. No, not about that red chowder. And I do remember, like in the documentary, they were saying how there was just not a lot of clams. <laughs> I think they were just mass producing this stuff, so maybe it wasn't great by that time. Maybe, yeah. Uh, at the beginning, though, like they were known for their clam cakes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was good at one point, and maybe some a lot of people liked it. Who knows? But I can just I can picture it. Um, so I think people ate there a lot too. Like didn't even just go to the park; just went there to eat because there was that huge dining hall. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're too young, but I think a lot of people out there hold this place near and dear to their heart. Yeah, and from the documentary, if you have a chance, watch it, of course. But from the documentary, a lot of people had great memories about it. Not one single person was like, nope, I'd never go again. <laughs> I know, it was so cute. It was. You know what it makes me want to do? Um, go to I'm going to do it right after this. No, so, wait, what did you say? Go to a park. No, like six flags. Um, no, but okay. So as I was watching this documentary, I realized I had heard somebody talk about another documentary about another amusement park. Lincoln. And I had met what? Is it Lincoln? Like in the area or just no? Not in the oh. area. It actually has not anything to do with this. But um, I remembered I wanted to watch it. It's just okay. I'm so excited. I'm gonna watch it right after this. I can't wait. It's this documentary about an amusement park in. Jersey in like the 1980s <laughs> it somehow whoever made this park was able to make all the rides where it was just there was not any rules everything was what? so dangerous people oh. so many people died so many people no. oh yes <laughs> like there was just like free falling things like without any kind of safety nets <laughs> so people like died and it's called it's called class action park because it was called Action Park, but there's so no. many. <laughs> how many do you know how long it operated for? I feel like not very it long. Don't think long. I think it was no. a few years, but like a lot of people remember going to this place and like, 
like everyone that would go down a certain ride would get hurt. Like it was yeah. nuts. That's and I'm going to watch it. I'm so excited. Oh, see, that scares me because I do <laughs> like roller coasters a lot. I love Six Flags. I've been to Disney and I liked the rides, even though I do think rides are too short. Or maybe it's just me because I feel like every time I get onto a ride, it's over before it starts. But I do really like rides. And so you hear about like Six Flags deaths or, and well, they're not common. You just hear about it. No, and then all they're not it common goes, anymore. Like, oh no, I'm going to die. It's scary. No. I get scared. I mean, it's so rare now. I mean, yeah. this happened in the 1980s in New Jersey. And then I think I also read that <laughs> the guy that made the park also made his own insurance company to insure himself so that oh, he could no. get away with anything. Oh, no. So that's how that happened. I'm well, so very sorry. fortunately, Rocky Point Amusement Park seemed very safe. They had no rides or rides. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, Rocky Point. Good for you. I wish it was still around, but good for you. Should we just start our own there? Yeah. Let's buy it from the town, even though they paid like a million <laughs> dollars we just need like 10 million dollars maybe we'll start a gofundme i think (laughs) people would really get behind this come on guys don't you all want a park we can go to except i don't think it's the best place because it did get hit by two hurricanes and it the news person on the documentary was saying it's the perfect scenario for a hurricane to hit because of the area how flat the Mm -hmm. land is and how yeah. close it is to the water. I mean, the, there's not much height that that water has to rise to, like... No, take. it just, as soon as it hits, it just pummels everything. That's so. true. Oh, maybe it's for the best. Who knows? Rest in peace, Rocky Point. Well, that's all we have for you today, for this week. Yeah, that was good. That was a fun one. That was. It was really fun visiting. Yeah, that it was, was a been nice more fun, fun to ride the rides, but it was still fun. We'll, we'll just have to go to a an existing amusement park when the world opens up again yeah i don't even think six flags is open i know disney reopened but i don't don't i'm not going to disney right now (laughs) yeah no Well, thank you one of the epicenters so anyway with that make sure you follow us we've got a lot of cool photos which reminds me we actually saw a tribute in a random parking lot on the way to rocky point amusement park And they set it up as a very small miniature amusement park. But unfortunately, it was closed. So when we I mean, it was like a restaurant, right? It was like takeout food. Yeah, it was like two food food trucks set up together. And then they actually had the original lobster, which went on top of, I think, the diner or dinner area. And then they had a tiger, a fake tiger, that was also from the (laughs) original park as well. Which is cool. Definitely cool. So we'll share the photos on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Killer Babes Pod. Cast, Twitter is Killer Babes Pod. And then you can email us if you want. Gmail, Killer Babes Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. Oh, and guys, if you have, if you're one of our followers that has been here, like you went here. Oh, yeah. Let us know. Tell us how it was. Tweet us or, or, DM us or email us or something because I would love to hear how what your experience was like. I, I want to live vicariously through you. For you to call in on Anchor. That's what I would really yeah, love. I do that. And if you don't know how to get to Anchor, any of our links on any of our social media 
now links it to Anchor, so you can just go directly from that link. It's a link that contains a bunch of links inside of it. So it's a link within a link. So with a link within a link within a link in our Instagram caption, whatever it's called. Yeah, definitely let us know if you've been, if you have great memories, if you don't, if you have a spooky encounterance there or something. Fat chance. Let us know. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for joining this week. We'll uh, see you again next week with episode 45. I'm not telling you what it is. No spoilers. No spoilers here. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.